God's grand plan from the beginning of creation is for his beloved children to bless the world, to be present as he is present, to be faithful as he is faithful to his promises, committed not to ourselves, but to a world worth saving. We have a very brief scripture passage this morning. It's Genesis 17, verse 7. Genesis chapter 17, verse 7. Here God is speaking to Abraham, and he says this. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and and you, and your descendants after you, for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. This is the word of the Lord. There are perhaps no more important words then I will be there for you. When we find out that our lives are going to change with a phone call and we send a text to a friend, there is no greater thing to receive back than I will be there for you. When we are unsure of how we are going to make our schedule make sense, whether it be finding food to eat, getting to or from work, finding childcare, running a loved one that we are responsible for somewhere, there are no better words, more important words than I will be there for you. Those words can be like a salve on a weary soul. They can be like uh, the strength that allows us to get up in the morning and carry on. Those words, in many ways, are perhaps the most important words in the English language. I will be there for you. But we also know the incredible pain and difficulty that comes when those words are not lived up to. And every single one of us here this morning has felt that pain and been on the receiving end of someone who said, I will be there for you, and wasn't. Sometimes there's nothing we can do about it. There are people who said that they would be here this morning for a program, but for other reasons beyond their control, they can't be here today. Sometimes we are rushing from work to the program and we cannot get there because there has been a car accident that has shut down the highway and we cannot get there. It's not because we are intentionally trying to not be there, but for whatever reason, because of our human frailty, because of our limited character and qualities, we cannot do what we said when we say, I will be there for you. But we also know that when someone shows up and we are nervous and we see that face, 
that the person is there for us. The world is right again. And that when we are sick and laying on the couch and the doorbell rings and there is a cup of soup on the other side, we know that that not only brings life to our body, but our soul, our heart, and our mind as well. Because of the importance of those words, in many ways, the story of God's word is about God saying to the human race, I will be there for you. See, God knows that in our heart of hearts, there is something in us that longs so desperately for someone to say, I know you intimately. I know you to the very depth of your core. And even in the midst of knowing all of your failures, all of your fears, all of your vulnerabilities, I will be there for you. And the God of creation, in many ways, the first thing he says to the man and the woman in the garden as he walks among them is, I will be there for you. And when Adam and Eve blame one another and the serpent, not my fault, Eve made me do it. No, the serpent made me do it. In that moment, God comes to them and says, I will be there for you. And he comes to Abraham and he says, I will be there for you. And I will be there for the descendants who come after you. And like a present, which is wrapped up, the people of God for hundreds and thousands of years have been receiving this promise of God, like a gift that says, I will be there for you. And they have been waiting generations and generations to see exactly how that present what that present will be, what it will look like, how it will make them feel. And the promise continues to get passed down. And there are little bits of glimpses of what's on the inside. There are little bits of glimpses of how God is keeping his promise. The ark through the flood. The law given on the mountain. And the stories we can see up here are all of the ways in which God tents with us. In which he says, I will live among you. But in the birth of Jesus, God's I will be the one who will be there for you finally gets unwrapped. And instead of the promise being, how will God remain with us? Will God be the pillar of cloud in the day and the pillar of fire at night? Will God be the one who says, I will be there for you, but sometimes that in the darkest of nights, We're not quite sure how. In the birth of Jesus Christ, the present becomes fully unwrapped because the person of Jesus, the Son of God, takes off his divinity, empties himself, and yet keeps it on. Empties himself of God and yet takes on all of human flesh, And like the perfect gift of the Father, Jesus, fully God, fully human, comes and says, I will be the God who will be there for you. I am the one who does what I say I will do. 
And in many ways, the children did so wonderfully in reminding us of the human frailty, of the human failure, and yet the consistent, perfect promise of God to be the ones who will be there. And the beauty of Christmas is not just that we celebrate the perfect presence of Jesus, the perfect gift of God in human form in the person of Jesus Christ, but at Christmas we also anticipate when Jesus Christ will come again on the clouds and there will be a voice from the throne that will say, now the dwelling of God is with humankind and he will be with them. It's fascinating to think that at the very end of the story, as the climax of human history is about to begin and go on forever, what the voice of God says first is, I will be the one who is with you. And because I am with you, there will no longer be any tears. There will no longer be any pain. There will no longer be any mourning or death. For I will dwell with you, and you will be my people. The promise of God to Abraham, the promise of God to David, the promise of God to Noah, the promise of God to Moses, the promise of God to the people of God through the prophets, over and over and over. I will be your God, and you will be my people. We see that unwrapped in the person of Jesus, and we will see that fully realized in the coming of Jesus on the clouds as God brings heaven to earth and we live with him forever. If you were up here for the program and you remember nothing else from anything I ever say in your entire lifetime, I want you to remember this one thing. God is the one who says, I will be there for you. And if there is nothing else that we remember this Christmas season, God is the one who comes to us and says, I am the one who will be there for you. Not just because I promised, but because I came and I will come again. Let's pray. Lord God, all of our hearts long for the presence of someone who will say, I will be there for you. And all of us have at one time or another felt the pain of someone who has left us, who said I would be there and didn't come, or who chose to leave. And yet, God, that's all the more reason why you come to us and say, I will never leave or forsake you. And I will prove the extent to which I will go for you to know that and believe that and live into that by coming in the flesh. And so, God, as we celebrate Christmas, And as we long for all of the sad things to be made untrue, and as we long for the day when everything will be made right, and all that is wrong will be judged, and all that is right will be brought to the forefront, 
God, may we cling and hold on to with all of our might, even as you cling to us, knowing and believing and trusting that you are the God who will be with us. Emmanuel. We prayed in the precious and holy name of Jesus our Savior. Amen.